We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Action-packed day of football on Sunday, all while the Browns are on a bye. We're here to give you some insights into the AFC North, where the Browns currently sit, some of the annoying storylines that are floating out there as we look through five weeks in the NFL, and then looking more broad uh, at the AFC picture and where the Browns sort of fit into that coming out of the bye week. They have a huge challenge in front of them with the 49ers coming to Cleveland, as we all know. They took care of business, remaining one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL. But these opportunities are something that could launch the Browns season. So we have a lot of discussion here. It's myself, it's Andrew Spade. Big picture, where the Browns are, all of that and more on the latest OBR Film Breakdown. Welcome in, guys, to your Monday show. It's October 9th already, 10 days, almost 10 days deep into the month. Andrew Spade, what's up, buddy? Thanks for taking the time to be here, as usual. It's good to be with you, Jake. On a Sunday evening, typically when we're recording these, we're recording, you know, these are post-game thoughts. Mm-hmm. So on the bye week, it's a little different. You know, the energy is very different um, for, for this one. Just kind of, you know, it's. I think a bye week is such a great opportunity to just kind of get uh, the temperature of the NFL overall you know um see some other stuff i tried not to just uh focus in on the steelers ravens game today because i I really wanted to see you know kind of just some of these other things i hadn't had much of a chance to watch cj stroud previously so i tried to watch a fair amount of that game and uh you know really had some a chance to watch the dolphins early when they got up on the giants you know kind of dabbled or it was like you know it's like uh tapas or dim sum you know i had like a a table full of plates and i was just grabbing you know i was all over the place man i was putting my little fingers on every game out there (laughs) i I think i could handle a situation like that a lot of food on a sunday never a bad idea kick off the launch into the next week so the football food here in this case was was interesting there were some games i thought went a little against the grain we'll cover on thursday how we did uh, according to our picks which were (laughs) largely identical but you'll start listen we're going to start with a health check around the afc north so Mm -hmm. it is a 17 10 pittsburgh win and i know you said you didn't want to key in on this game but we almost just by virtue of for sure who we are we watch it closely 
it felt like a repeat of week two. Man. <laughs> it really did where Baltimore is shooting themselves, consistently mm-hmm. shooting themselves in the foot and missing opportunities, yeah. missing opportunities. And you're like, this is going to catch up at some point. And it did. It's a fourth quarter of 14 points for Pittsburgh to go up 17-10, and they win the game with, uh, I don't know, Pittsburgh goes for 289 yards of offense. Let me do this real quick, Andrew. Let's look at fourth quarter statistics. I would imagine of those 289 for Pittsburgh, 114 came in the fourth quarter from yep. net yardage perspective where yep. George Pickens has two catches for 69, uh, sorry, 62 yards and a touchdown. It feels to me like as we look at these teams, both these teams now three and two, Pittsburgh, I, I don't even know what to say. I feel like we've been seeing it so many straight years. Before Pickens who was here, you know, like you don't take them serious. They don't really have an identity on offense other than pushing the ball vertically up the sidelines and kind of crossing their fingers and hoping for the best. But this defense, which is largely not, star driven outside of their there's three players I think that matter to this defense while Cam Hayward is out obviously TJ Watt Highsmith and Minka Fitzpatrick but then there's just a this is a bunch of guys and it's like how on earth do they keep giving themselves these chances to make these edge players matter in such a way that it's changing how offenses run now if you watch this one there were countless drops from from Baltimore's receivers I mean Zay Zay Flowers had a couple of them. Andrews dropped a touchdown. Nelson Aguilar pulled an old Philadelphia Eagles version where he just doesn't even he didn't even get his hands on that slot fade that should have been a rather chunky play. And then, you know, Dell's in and out, and then they had a fumble. They had a fumble on a nice screen pass that was going to push them out to the 50-yard line. I think it was maybe Justice Hill. I can't remember who ended up losing that. But, um, you know, you look at it, Baltimore turns it over three times, even though they outgain them by, uh, you know, 75 yards and more first downs. It's an identical thing. And somehow Pittsburgh keeps doing this, Andrew. I don't really understand it. It's 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 largely an at home thing for them, but they're three and two. And yeah. they're they're easily the least formidable three and two team in the NFL, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you would still say they're I mean, by the eye test, the worst team in the division. And they're leading the division. That's that's the reality, you know, on, on Sunday night. Yeah. I'm starting to think, Jake, after watching this, and like you said, it's a carbon copy of what the Browns went through two weeks ago, um, minus the Nick Chubb injury. Yeah, the only difference being that like, they didn't directly hand <laughs> Pittsburgh right. 14 points, right. but their situation just kept giving them opportunities. You know, like yeah. you can, as a team, when you keep letting so many, for lack of, lack of a better term, like chances slip through your fingertips. They, they kept doing that. It felt like Pittsburgh just had to hit one play, and then they finally did. Yeah, and I think it feels like the moment becomes bigger for players in Pittsburgh routinely. Yeah. And it, it's at the point now, Jake, where I I am just kind of going to just go with it, right? Like, I, I think, you know, there was a point in the third quarter where they're keeping it close, and it feels like they might pull this off, and – you realize that if they win, they're in first place in the AFC North by virtue of the tiebreaker. And it's so ridiculous because they they barely have a functional offense. But that doesn't seem to matter. And I'm I'm just at the point where I it you know, you you have been having on your podcast, you know, I I, I listened routinely to you and John Colosimo try and bury the Steelers year after year after year. It's it's been 
how long has it been since Ben Roethlisberger was bad? You know, it's been four years now, something like that, where you keep expecting them. Yeah, three, three or four here where they've just cockroached this whole thing. Right, and one of those years they were like, what, 8-0, 9-0? Exactly. It doesn't make sense. It took me a while to get into the belief of the Bengals. Right. And now I just believe, even though they're 1-3, exactly. I still believe in them. Now with Pittsburgh, it's just like, I, ca- I got to stop that. Even though their offense is so bad. That's what I'm saying. And I don't fear playing them at all. You just have to presume the weirdest things are going to happen. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a karma thing. I, I really... I have no idea because so many things break their direction in the perfect way. Yeah. I, I'm not going to spend this whole podcast talking about Pittsburgh luck, but like <laughs> this is no, it's getting to the point now where if you're doubting them, you're, you're going against years of data now in a row yeah. where the, even if the yeah. offense is bad, you can be spot on about the offense bad. You can be spot on about the Keanu, you know, Neils of the secondary who they're weak. Right. And this is not a great right. group. And, it doesn't matter. Now we'll see if what did they do last year, Andrew? They started like two and six. We covered this, right? They're two and five or two and six or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I went think on they were and rattled. two and six. Yeah, they and rattled off eight in a row. Yeah, maybe this one the rug gets pulled out from under them and it doesn't work out the same way. But as of now, we're watching them do it again, and it's just la- it's almost like you just laugh. Like I yeah. can't believe I'm watching this. Again. Absolutely, and they, I they was laughing it. today. Yeah, because. Because what would you what so what would the scenario look like where they don't do this? What would what would the level of talent have to be? They'd have to be one of the worst rosters in the league because I think you can make the argument they're around like the twentieth best roster, something like that, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. And the thing that's amazing is you watch teams like we watched Baltimore last week. I didn't think Baltimore was insanely good last week. We talked about this. The past game stuff. Lamar hit some really specific things, and yeah. I thought Lamar was once again really good but yes. they just are they're dropping the football and it's like how are you catching this many and again I don't think Baltimore has a great wide receiver group but they're not bad I mean Bateman drops a touchdown I forgot to even mention that in the yep. earlier portion where I'm laying out all the drops that they had it is it is head scratching now maybe again luck catches up with them and they end up going seven and ten finally and we we never remember even recording this two months from now because the talent and the way they're structured, I mean, the, the whole stadium's chanting to fire Matt Canada throughout the game right. because the offense right. is so bad. I just yep. am, I'm never not amazed how a second, like a team with the, I don't even feel like is that good outside of a couple guys on the, on the defensive side, find yep. ways for those guys to matter. It's just, it's, it's insane. It is really insane watching it and seeing it repeat itself. Cause it's not like the Ravens didn't run it. They ran for 125 yards they they were running yeah. fine i mean lamar and yep. gus edwards were in justice hill too was 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 fine when he was in there i just this game makes no sense i know that the, if you listened or, or i think mark andrews even had some quotes about this being a wake-up call they do this to everybody right yep. like in the division yes. where it's like right. they did it last year when they when they beat cincinnati now they haven't played cincinnati this year but when they beat them at home in the opener pick burrow off four times and yeah. it's like it doesn't there's something about that stadium. It is it is just they have for lack of a better term good juju at that place, right? Like where they have <laughs> they have a a way of of capitalizing and turning things that are like there's no way this is going to happen into their favor. Yeah. I mean, you look at the okay, go to those two games, Andrew. The Browns going into the fourth quarter winning, they go for negative 6 yards and win. Right. This right. game, they're down 10-3, at that point have 140 yards of offense and figure it out and come back and win 17 10 and it's like how (laughs) how it's just it's crazy but they're doing it they keep doing it 
Well, and if you and if you look at their upcoming schedule, you know they they've got a home game against the Jaguars, the Titans, the Packers. They've got a three game homestand through the middle of into November. They've got the Cardinals and the Patriots at home later. There's there's ten wins on their schedule. I mean, I, I know nobody that listens to our podcast wants to hear that, but uh, there's ten wins on their schedule. They're, they're you you can't rule them out for winning this division, and it's absolutely absurd that I'm sitting here saying that. I feel stupid saying it. But look at the look at the schedule, look at the home games they have left. They're at three and two. They can absolutely find seven more wins on that schedule and get to ten and seven and and win an AFC North, you know, in a three way tie or whatever. Yeah, they get New England this year when New England is exactly at a essentially an all time low. Yeah, it right. is. Yep. To your point, I they're in it until they're not, and I believe they'll yeah. be in it until the end, man. That that's yep. just that's 100%. just who they are at this point. So Ravens side, I mean, how how bad is this loss for them? I, I haven't looked at their yeah. upcoming schedule. They're obviously still tied to top of the division, but they go at Tennessee. They host a really good Detroit team. They go out to Arizona, which is yep. not easy. We watched it today. That, it's not easy. Yeah, that Tennessee Seattle. game is in London next week too. So they've got. And that's, yeah, that's actually, tricky. that's a little surprising because they're in London next week and then they don't have a bye. Yeah, they're in the travel tsunami. Like they're going to be <sighs> in, a, in a tough spot. Because then, like I said, they come home, but they play Detroit coming away right. from London. Right. Then you got, then you get to travel back two time zones again to Arizona. You come home for a pretty good Seattle team, Cleveland at home, Cincy Oof. at home, Chargers yeah. at home. And then you go back out to the West right. Coast to play the Chargers. So right. Uh, all that before their week 13 bye. So that's a tough stretch, man. It's a really what tough a stretch. brutal schedule. I, I thought that the NFL teams were, it was standard that you got a bye once you went over to the, to London. Is that not a standard thing anymore? They must be putting them on like a speeding jet plane to get them over there and back in a, I mean, in a timely fat. I, yeah, I thought it yeah, was. Ba- it's, it's Baltimore. It's East coast. So it's not the worst flight in the world, but they won't be back until, you know, I, I mean, I guess if they if they take off after the game, they won't. I guess they're back Sunday night, so it's basically the same di- difference. But man, oh man, it's not it's not healthy, man. I don't really it, like that at all. Yeah, that is a, that's a really rough stretch for them, and uh, it really goes all the way, as you said, till that bye. I mean, they they don't have. You look at this schedule, considering that the Titans are over there, and they've got to go to Arizona. They don't have an easy game for the next seven. That's nope. incredible. I hadn't looked at their schedule. That's wild. Yeah, Pittsburgh's got the advantage there. The Browns obviously have, um, you know, I think yeah. the Browns have a chance with their schedule. Right. I mean, because now right. you're, you're probably likely to get the Colts without Anthony Richardson, although Gardner Minshew is just an efficiency monster, apparently, can come in and win any football game. Uh, but then you go to Seattle, you host the Cardinals. I think hosting the Cardinals is a little different than on the road. Uh, at Baltimore, home for Pittsburgh, at Denver. You know, the Browns have a chance. It's, uh, it's. I would prefer their schedule over... What I see coming from the Ravens, that's for sure. Browns yeah. in the two and two. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little more in a minute. Um, the only other one in the division, as we do kind of our status of the division here, is the Bengals go out, and I thought it was a, a chance for a get right game for them. And yeah, although it sure. wasn't, it wasn't easy by any stretch. You know, halftime score of seventeen fourteen, it could have very well been fourteen ten. Just, I mean, you know, you call a slant with a stick, it's is a chance those things could happen. And I'm not totally. I mean, Dobbs to a pretty hard fastball right through the receiver's hands and yep. nice catch by cam taylor Britt. but that's that's swung the game because you come out of halftime you know you come out like the momentum swings in football people still try to claim momentum's not real it's laughable um you get a huge stop on joe yeah. mixon fourth and one right before halftime and you mm-hmm. just need to get it and punt it maybe get one first down into the half 14 10 you give up that touchdown quickly 
you can't answer it before the half. You come out of halftime and you see vintage Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase, 63 yards, and all of a sudden it goes from a 14-10 lead with a minute or so left in the second quarter to the start of the third quarter, a minute and a half in, it's 24-14. And it's kind of like, I know they scored uh, a touchdown to make it 24-20, but it, it really felt like that was sort of the end of the game at that point. At least you felt since he was in control, where large portions of the first half, I'm sure you'd agree with me, Andrew, did not feel like Cincinnati was in control of that game. Yeah, I thought the Cardinals showed themselves pretty well again, you know, made a made a showing of it. But uh, they've definitely found a recipe, you know, to to kind of nurse Burrow through this thing, which I, I can't believe. I thought they were, you know, I, I really thought they were on their way to, to giving this thing away before the bye. But, you know, even with the loss, they've got Seattle at home next week. Even with a loss in that situation, they go into the bye with, you know, two and four. They're still, you know, they're still in it. Their their schedule post by is is really tough. You know, San Francisco at San Francisco, then home for Buffalo. Um, that that's a that's tough, two tough games. So if they if they were to lose those and sit at two and six, then you could start to really talk about their season being over. But I think you also have to consider the possibility that Burrow is is able to get right through the bye week, and they kind of do what they've done the last few years and and pull things together as the season goes on. So it's the best version of him today, without yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I thought, I thought this was, this was one that they kind of had to have, as you said, a, a get right game. They had to have it and they figured out a way to get it done and, and ended up winning fairly comfortably. So, you know, it, it's the, the thing about the AFC North that we knew going into the season is still true in a very different way than we thought coming in, but every team is alive. Every team is going to be a hard out every game and you're going to spend every weekend rooting against the other AFC North teams only to see them pull games out in fashions <laughs> that you just can't expect on a weekly basis. No. That's just how it's going to go. And so to, to talking about the Browns, it's incumbent upon them to win the games that they're supposed to win. That's, that's the number one thing that I think you got to take away from this is you mentioned the Colts in two weeks. They have to win a game there that, you know, the Colts are not the, the worst team in the league, but they are a below average football team. They have to win that game. Like, you can't mince words about something like that. When you go to Indianapolis, whether it's a rookie quarterback coming off of a shoulder injury or Gardner Minshew, either way, that that needs to be a win for these Browns because of the ambition, the goals that they have, right? Because you, you look at the, the Browns' schedule, I know San Francisco coming out of the bye is going to be tough. There's not really a way to, to make that one look good. And going to Seattle is going to be tough. So if you want to be 4-4 four and four after eight weeks – you got to win in Indianapolis and you got to win in with Arizona coming to Cleveland, right? Yeah, that's the four and four stretch would be interesting because that gives you a chance. Again, we're watching San Francisco sort of start to pile it on here, 28-10 late in that third quarter. You know, you make a good point about you got to, you got to get to four and four because if you can get to four and four, if you look at the schedule, you know, you go to Baltimore, but you never know time and place. These, these, these games in the division, you get sure. Pittsburgh, even if you're five and five coming out of that, yep. can you beat Denver? Can you beat the Rams, Jacksonville, Chicago, Houston, and the Jets? Like if you're right. five and five, you can see how there's like four wins in those five. Exactly. And then you take your shot at Cincinnati. So obviously six and four would be much more um, yep. optimal. Yep. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, Jake, look at that. One more win, optimal. But that's <laughs> like, there are some really tough games here. And I'll, I'll say this too, man. Like this, the NFL sometimes is just, an, it's just random events. Like, sure. Like that's what you're hoping for with San Francisco coming to Cleveland, that they just don't Definitely. show up. Definitely. Um, 
it's so hard. It's just so hard to predict. I know we we had agreed on a lot of our predictions on Saturday's podcast, but sometimes it just feels like I can't believe what I'm watching. Like I really can't yeah. understand yeah. how the Titans allow the Colts with the run defense the Titans have. How do the Colts run for 130, 140 yards? I didn't look what the total in the rushing yards at 193 I'm, yards. I am Nobody so glad that. you brought that up. Nobody Jake, does I'm so that glad you brought that up because yeah. if you, I watched a little bit of that game um, and they, they seem to be doing it in a way that I think you would be pretty jealous of because oh, it was a I'm lot jealous. of, it was a lot of shotgun run and they made it look pretty easy with not the best personnel. Cause this was not Jonathan Taylor for folks that didn't watch this. This was Zach Moss running all over the best run defense in the NFL statistically over the past year. 23 so, carries and 7.2 per carry. So you do the math, folks. The That's efficiency was the was the thing. There were a Indeed. few big runs, but the efficiency was every time they wanted it, it was there. They they could get they could get a first down running whenever they wanted it. And That's you crazy. know, I I just think man, I as as we've kind of taken, you know, a week to to kind of pull back and and have a little bit more of a big picture view of where the Browns are at, I just think it is so clear it's, I mean, I know that we've said this a thousand times. It's the path forward is very obvious. And I think I go back to the Andrew Berry press conference from last week when he said that the offense is not a finished product and they expect to exceed their standard over the rest of the season. I, I think that there's that lays down a marker for where they need to get to. And I don't think that he cares or I care how they do it whether it's through throwing the ball or if they figure something out in the run game with this three-headed monster, whatever they want to do, the offense has to be better and it has to be better like soon. And so I think it's not a question of like, you know, trying to get anybody fired or impatience or anything like that. It's just when you zoom out and you see what other teams are able to do on a weekly basis to give schemes that maybe, or, or, or I should say personnel that have flaws to give them, answers that that work against good defenses there's I, there's just there's to me there are some clear scheme things that the browns can do we've talked about them a bunch you can go back and listen to those episodes but it just to me it, it seeing it in practice like that where you've got the a, a titans defense that just does not give up 100 yards rushing and they they almost give up 200 and it's just due to scheme stuff it's that's it wasn't talent it wasn't like they got out muscled by the best offensive line in the league it was scheme yeah, yeah. I mean, the since week two, the Colts have run for 130 yards plus on the on the Texans and D'Amico Ryan's, the Ravens. Right. We know yep. who they are. The Rams yep. and Aaron Donald in the middle of that with largely yep. inside zone. Like, yeah, and mostly not, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, they're not difficult. They're not tricky. Right. They're just good at the thing they do. Yeah, and it's um, it's you watch it and you're like, boy, that makes me. It, they're the ease at which they can get yards that the Browns can't seem to find, even though when the Browns do use that same scheme, I kind of feel like I'm watching something similar, but the volume at which they use it is so That's low. Yep. It is, uh, it's crazy. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and then just talk about where the Browns are on our way out the door here, like around the conference, big picture AFC, which is a little muddier than we thought it would be at this point. So we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view, which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money. Right, It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right, So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that GameTime app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so the Chiefs go to Minnesota and go to 4 and one 27-20. I said that they owed us one uncovering that andrew there was a 23 20 with the jets and they end yeah. up going 27 20 which is what the Jets score would have been that's kind of funny these are these are ultimate games for the chiefs that are we call those get through them games they're in the middle of those uh, yep. but they're four and one and then otherwise um in the afc is the the, the dolphins are four and one as they handle the the giants right. who are you know in shambles when they arrived and even more in shambles when they left because of some injury stuff so those are your two top uh, of the division, or sorry, of the conference teams right now. The, the Bills lost to the Jags. It's London. You know, take that for what it's worth. But they did lose Matt Milano. They're, they're, yeah. they're a little beat up here. Yeah. They're three and two. Uh, I don't know. Otherwise, in the AFC, again, we talk about the Steelers are three and two. The Ravens are three and two. You still respect the Bengals who are hovering at two and three, but your other three and two team is the Colts. Yep. At three and two, and then uh, I think I think that's it, Andrew. And then um, on the bye, the Chargers are two and two, and the Browns are right. two and two. So right. of all the chaos, sometimes you know, I, again, look at our podcast, and we we try to root it in realism, but that can be drawing some people to think that we're perpetually negative when we're not. Sure, but of all of that and all the discussion we've had about how they fix this and why we can't figure out why they haven't fixed it. 
they're still two and two and they, they yep. still have everything in front of them. And I guess what I'm looking for here as we close a little bit is, you know, where do we think they stand among the better teams in this? Like, I can't imagine you, Andrew, think you'd be taking the Colts, the Steelers, a couple of others uh, over them at this point, right? I feel like they're yeah. right in the thick of this thing. Yeah, I, I threw together a quick power rankings as part of my uh, see, weekly picks column that goes on. Why we pay the big bucks? Let's see it. So I've got the I've got the Browns sitting at thirteen, lucky number thirteen um, through uh, you know their four weeks, and this was done before today's game. So um, I have got them behind the Chiefs, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Texans, and the Jaguars. So I believe I've got them out of the playoffs based on that. I've got them as the eighth best team in the AFC. All right. That sounds fair. Yeah, that sounds fair. Um, who of that group do you see them passing if they're going to get where they need to go? Is it the is it the Chargers? Well, There's yeah, be so a few. I've got the Chargers, Texans, Jaguars, Browns, 10 to 13. Right. So four teams there that I would call, you know, sort of just above average teams. Right. And I think mm-hmm. obviously the Chargers have Justin Herbert. The Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence. The Texans kind of have CJ Stroud and are, CJ Stroud. Yeah, are, are really, you know, surprising. Um, Tough loss I, there. Cause that comeback was really fun for them. Yeah. And I, I, I think they, I think they overall outplayed the Falcons. Um, the, you know, the, the Falcons are such a strange team and I, I really don't like watching them. And I, I have a real, like kind of just, <laughs> It's just, this is a total um, diversion, but I just get so aggravated about how much love the Falcons get for how little they actually produce. Yep. It's, it's, you know, it's the ultimate, you know, and, and this isn't about like, I don't have Drake London on my fantasy teams or anything like that. It's just as simple as like, just because the scheme looks pretty doesn't mean that the, the team is good. And it's, it's, it's the, you know, it's the same thing with Justin Herbert. Like, yeah, the dude can throw it 60 yards on a rope and that's great. And I wish that Justin Herbert was a Cleveland Brown, but like Brandon Staley is a mess you know? So what I would say is I think there's four good teams in the AFC. And despite what happened to the Ravens today in Pittsburgh, I think they deserve to be in that conversation. Yep. So I think it's the chiefs, bills, dolphins, and Ravens that are the, the four formidable teams uh, in the AFC. I'm not at the point yet of including the Jaguars there because I just don't think the defense has the staying power. So the, the, the question essentially is you've got the chargers, Texans, Jaguars, Browns, which of those teams takes that next step or two steps and kind of emerges into a complete team, right? Because you could say something good about every one of those teams, but you can also say one or two things bad about those teams. So that the challenge for the Browns, from my perspective, is playing one, two, three well-rounded games where they're yeah. complementary football, right? Offense and defense, like what they did against the Titans. What I would ask you is this off of what you're saying, which I think is very fair is of these next five, right? So 49ers, Colts, yep. Seahawks, Cardinals, Ravens. Is three and two the number you have to get to that where you beat the Ravens to get the third win? That puts you into the Browns are in the top four-ish of the conference. What's, what's your vibe on these next five? Because of these five, I only think one of them is a game that you would look at and say, Ooh, they got it's hard to see them winning that. And that still is a game where San Francisco is going from west to east. Sure. So there's always a chance and on a short week. So is it, you know, the Seahawks is, is it like, I'm just looking at what are these, like, what games do you need to see them win? I yeah. mean, obviously we would put money on them if they were to win to be the Colts and the Cardinals. And then, so I, again, let me, let me phrase it this way. If yep. they lose to the 49ers and Seahawks, but they beat the Colts, Cardinals and Ravens, and then they're coming home, 
you know, sitting there, what would that be? Five and four home yep. game against the Steelers on November right. 19th. Yes. To get to six and four, you'd feel like they, they belong at that point. Yeah. I think they're in the conversation. I mean, so much of this comes down to how they win, right? Because sure. like the other, the other thing that you, you know, the Steelers are three and two, we'll go back to them for a second. They have a negative 31 point differential. So they've, you know, they've given up 31 more points than they've scored and they're three and two. The Browns, you know, because of the the big wins against uh, Cincinnati and Tennessee, have a positive sixteen point differential, despite being two and two and having a really bad loss against the Ravens. So, I think how they win these games, how they perform, matters. But I agree with you that I think three and two with that home game against the Steelers and a chance to go to five, six and four, and and potentially take control of the division, that's kind of where you want to be. Because then they have a pretty easy stretch, right? So if you're six and four there, you feel like you've really got kind of a launching pad to maybe get to 11 wins. That's the thing. Again, because we kind of closed this episode, 49ers game is going to be big. Doesn't change their season. It's an NFC opponent, right? Doesn't weigh into a lot of the tie breaks that could happen, whatever. The Colts game is huge because they're going to be hovering. Yep. The Cardinals game is huge because it's a game that they need. And then if if you can get a win at Baltimore and then come home for the Steelers at home, you put yourself in a really good position to be six and four. So, you know, you can't work backward. You can't claim that week two game, even though you want to so bad, can't do that. This is the path. They have to go three and two, come home five and however that is, right? I mean, you can't get mad if they beat the 49ers and then drop the Colts game or something like, I don't care. Three and two come home for Pittsburgh to get to six and four. That's where we sit. That's the vibe Agreed. of the OBR film breakdown the, to get to that point. Yeah, just just adding to that, I think the the 49ers game at home and then the Seahawks game on the road are the two toughest games. And then you and 100%. then you put the the Colts and the the Ravens game as like you know or well, the, I think the Ra- at Ravens is kind of in that same bucket. Yeah. So so you need to basically I guess the way to say it is you have to win the Indianapolis Cardinals games, and then you have to find one win out of those other three is how I look at it. But of yep. course, as you said, those get flipped all the time, and that's just how the NFL goes. It is. It is. You'll 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 predict it one way, and then you'll be like, oh, can we get that one back that we were also expecting them to win? Because that'd be really right. great. Exactly. Um, but yeah. that's not how it works. I, so I don't care. Three and two, like you said, three really hard games of those five. Can you win the yeah. two you're supposed to win? And then can you find a way to sneak one other one in there yep. as well? That's going to be yep. the challenge. If they don't, if they go in that, if they go four and six, it's right. almost it's almost impossible to see a path. It's, you would just have to rattle off a lot in a row, and we haven't seen them do that in That's Stefanski's tenure. That's um, the thing. And then and then also you know five and five, which we laid out earlier in the show, makes it you know it, you're yeah. you're talking about going to Cincinnati week ten to get your tenth. Sorry, week what 17, 18, 18 to get yeah. your to get your tenth win, and that's a right. coin flip, right? Because Cincinnati, as we know, is going to be fighting yep. till the end here, and. um uh, you know, the further Burrow gets away from the calf, the better he gets, the better that team gets. So, yeah. Uh, and they have yeah. to find a way to be two and one in the division for these next three as well. I'll just throw that in there because they're one and two and you're not going to win a tiebreaker at anything less than three and three. Spot on. Spot on. All right. Good stuff. That's the state of the AFC North. And that's the state of the AFC as we see it. One game remaining on the slate as the 49ers are comfortably going to beat the Cowboys now 35 10 as we've been recording this. You get a fascinating Packers Raiders game tomorrow. So, um, you know, enjoy that has no ramifications on the Browns uh, season at all there. Uh, you know, as I think the Raiders should be chasing the, the early quarterback, but otherwise that's it for the slate. Uh, we'll talk more about the 49ers as it approaches 
probably have another couple guests on early this week to talk through uh, a little bit of where the Browns are. There's some other opinions. You know, Andrew and I have given our opinions, uh, pretty lengthy opinions on this stuff, but I want to get a couple more people you're traditionally used to hearing and get them in to talk about where they feel the Browns are as well. So we'll get to that. Uh, otherwise, Andrew, um, you know, thanks for thanks for taking time and uh, making the OBR Phil breakdown happen, buddy. Always a pleasure, Jake. All right. On our way out the door, I want to remind you again, $1 for the OBR first month and then rate and review the pod. Same things every time, but I think they're wildly important as we expand the best Browns community you can find online. So thanks for being here. Appreciate you guys. Have a great Monday and go Browns. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.